Hey friends, Dean here with some exciting news to share. You can now buy us a coffee. That's right. You can help support independent content creators like us by becoming a member of the 3324 Green Room at buymeacoffee.com slash 3324. Our episodes will always be free and that will not change, but your support at buymeacoffee.com slash 3324 will help us continue to bring you the best in music and movie podcasting, in our humble opinion. As a Green Room supporter, you'll not only have our undying gratitude, but you'll also be able to vote on which episodes we record and receive other perks for as low as $3 per month. That's the price of a cup of coffee. There's absolutely no obligation and nothing about the show will change. It's not going behind a paywall. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash 3324 for all the details. The link will be in the show notes of every episode as well. We'll see you in the green room. Take your seat and don't be late. We need your spirits high as we join Sticks for a show at the Paradise Theater. Stay with us. Get ready for the 3324 Podcast, where lifelong friends Dean Legiro and Eric Coover share their love of all things music and movies. Dean has directed short films and is a music trivia buff. And Eric, trained in audio engineering, brings his extensive knowledge of music and film to the conversation as they discuss, debate, and celebrate their favorite albums, films, and much more. Welcome one and all to the 3324 Podcast. You have found us. I'm Dean here with Eric, and we've got over 25 episodes of music and movie goodness to share with you, for you to go back and uh, and and check out our back catalog. We actually have a back catalog now, Eric. That isn't that fantastic. Twenty five. Wow. We even have a playlist going. I do believe. Yeah, I remember when I was twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you even made a playlist of uh, yeah. taking a couple of songs from each of our album episodes. And but uh, yeah, I I think it's great. Uh, we're rocking and rolling. Yeah. Up and so, up. so go up ahead and, and check it out. We, yeah. we do old stuff. We do new stuff. We do movies, music, yep. uh, a little bit of everything. So they'll, they'll, I guarantee you there'll be something for you if you go check it out. Uh, 3324.buzzsprout.com if you want to go to the website. But otherwise, you can find us on, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon. Uh, we're on all the big ones. We, we, are, we, are, we are hitting with the <laughs> – we're swinging with the big ones. <clears throat> yep. Stitcher as well. Stitcher as well. Yeah. Audible, uh, you name it. Anywhere you find your podcast, we're there. So you, we make it very easy. And then you can check us out on social media, 3324 Podcast. You'll find us at uh, Facebook and Instagram using that handle. And uh, <laughs> we're, we're very vibrant on social media. And we also do live shows a couple every couple of weeks or so. And those are a, a lot of fun. We just did one uh, last week, which was a blast. It was yeah. uh, probably the most fun. Yep. Yeah, we, we had a really good time with it. Always appreciate your feedback, comments. 25 and counting. So yes. we are still going. We're, yes. we're going higher and higher. So onward and upward. Yep. Onward and upward. And, and in this episode, we are going to be going to be talking about uh, a, a fantastic album. This is a classic among classics from Styx from 1981. Mm -hmm. uh, the album is Paradise Theater. So mm -hmm. let's do the stats and this will give you the framework for our conversation, and then we will dive into it. So it was released in January of 1981, produced by Styx, but basically Dennis DeYoung. Uh, <laughs> it hit number one. The album hit number one for yeah, three weeks three on the weeks. Billboard charts. So yep. this was a biggie. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, four million in sales to date. So that's four times platinum. Uh, and since we're talking about fours, there were four singles released. Uh, best of times hit number three. Too much time on my hands hit number nine. Nothing ever goes as planned. Sunk at number fifty-four, <laughs> <laughs> and Rock in the Paradise hit number eight. And uh, this was their tenth album. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with Sticks, they have they have a, a pretty interesting pedigree. Yeah. Really Start. started out as as one thing, uh, and then ended up as another, which does happen with a lot of bands. But mm-hmm. uh, they they had their roots really in, in progressive or prog rock. Yeah, in the early, very early years, just sort of, and from a band that hails from Boston? Chicago. Chicago, Chicago. How did I Chicago. get that? Chicago. Yeah, okay. So yeah, <laughs> you know, you, you think of like the prog rock as like the big boys, like yes, and they're all from England. Genesis, ELP, you know, so when you say prog rock, it Pink Floyd, it's it's like they, they are what comes to mind. Sticks, yeah, they they started out as this kind of kind of thing. And it's 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 actually in my wheelhouse, so it's actually kind of cool. I kind of like the a lot of the old stuff. Yeah, you know they which you know those early albums didn't really do that well. Interesting stuff. Yeah, a sure. lot of good stuff yeah. on there. Yeah, uh, yeah, they, yeah. They didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know their their biggest hit from that era, which was Lady, was basically a fluke. It didn't hit until yeah. until well after the album that it was on came out, and then it was just it just kind of got discovered, mm-hmm. and that was a that really was not in the same vein of the stuff that they were doing. No, I mean, some, a lot of all. it was, there was a lot of hard rock stuff, right. Courtesy of James Young. Uh, and then it was a lot of that swirly organy synthesizing stuff course, too. And, and, noodling and the, that, the lyrics yeah. about wizards yep. and <laughs> yeah. Serpents all, and all, all, all stuff. the stuff that comes with progress, all, 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 all that lyrical content, all that subjects, all that nonsensical fairy tale kind of thing that yes. means nothing you know yes. to the the average listener but and uh, they, they even did a song called lord of the rings so uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> which was on pieces of eight and that was after they had kind of shed the prog stuff. that's right At, that's right and a little bit it still had those elements and, and yeah. they had a song called lord of the rings so yeah we're getting ahead of ourselves but that was uh <laughs> that that's the pedigree of sticks is is a lot of people know them as the ballads and as babe and don't let it end and, and stuff like that but mm-hmm. They really were a, a progressive rock band and, and had a harder, a much harder edge to them too. Up, up, up yeah. for their first, basically first, I guess five albums or so, mm-hmm. uh, and then then there was a kind of a, a personnel change which facilitated a change. So let me go through the let me go through the lineup that we're talking about for Paradise Theater, mm-hmm. and then we'll talk about our connection to Sticks. Yep. So the the leader uh, is Dennis D. Young, and he's on keyboards. You've got Tommy Shaw, who joined in 1976 on guitar. James Young, founding member, uh, also on guitar. And a very interesting rhythm section. Yeah. You've got John Panazzo on drums and his brother, Chuck Panazzo, but not only his brother, but his twin brother. Twin brother, yes. Yes, and yep. they're they're fraternal twins. So they're kind of like uh, uh, Robin and Morris Gibb. They don't look alike. Not at all. Twins. And uh, and, th- and they, they, do th- they take care of the rhythm section. Yeah. Um, and, so, uh, so that's J- John is a fantastic drummer. I mean, yeah, or, I for- after listening to this, I forgot yep. how much I liked him. Yep. And Chuck too. There's a lot that I forgot about sticks. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of, a lot of the stuff you remember, but then sitting down and listening to this album, a lot came back about really why I like them. Um, I think you pretty much nailed it on the head right there. I think when you say a lot came back, 
I think that's going to be kind of like the overarching theme of this episode. I just want to come clean right here and say that I did not, you might think that I come came ill prepared in terms of research in terms of, but it's more about personal memory for me. Yeah. So that's going to be pretty much the bulk of my yeah, end of the conversation. So yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's important. Yeah. yeah. And, and for the records, they had four straight triple plat- platinum albums as well. So these guys yeah. were, were selling, selling records hand over fist. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, they were just cranking out great music, eight top 10 singles. Yeah. So they were on the charts pretty consistently too, hitting there. And, and then there was a lot of those album oriented rock, you know, classic rock songs too, that didn't hit the charts, but that everybody knows. That's right. From sticks as well. So yeah. they, they had the best of both worlds. They weren't like Zeppelin where, the stuff wasn't on the radio, but you knew it because it was on like classic rock radio. Yeah. Sticks had had one foot on the charts. And then some of their other stuff, that that progier stuff or that that more deeper stuff would be played on the classic rock radio. And live. And live. A lot of a lot of their live stuff. I mean, a lot of like Sweet Madam Blue and songs of that ill. Mm-hmm. They, you know, those were like live staples, the longer sort of instrumental type stuff where they're yeah. kind of snow blind out snow blind, which yep. is on this album. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that's uh, so yeah. So paradise theater is, is the one we're talking about and it's a concept album, but it's a, it's a pretty loose concept. It's, it, it's yeah. not each song. Uh, there's just a, the thread and there's an overall concept about transitioning from the seventies into the eighties. And, and it's, it's kind of contrasted with the, with the, the paradise theater, concept of of when it was vibrant and and full of life and then mm-hmm. over time deteriorates and and i guess it's a statement on what was happening as we transitioned from the 70s uh to the absolutely 80s. it's kind of a metaphor about the fear of that deterioration of society. yeah it's like when when people went, went to these kinds of places to listen to music see live acts and and it was just you know good time old timey kind of stuff and you know so the metaphor is yeah then we're, we're heading into the 80s territory so you know we're we're just celebrating MTV's 40th birthday so we're we're digging into you know it would oddly be, enough yeah oddly enough it was this this same year and so, uh, if you know, if you're going to go MTV there premiere. yeah uh I'm, I'll drop some knowledge um the the music video for Rock in the Paradise was the 10th 10th video to air on MTV yeah there you go so, so not yeah. only do we are we celebrating the 40th anniversary, but we've got uh, one of the, the one of the ten videos, top ten videos that was played. That was the tenth yeah. one. Yeah. So go there, go go sticks. They were there from the beginning. So they're <laughs> they're one of the you could say top one of the first ten videos. They're one of the building blocks of MTV. There you yeah. go. I'm, Dennis, I'm giving I'm giving I'm bestowing that honor on them. And Dennis DeYoung was there. He was the he was the mastermind behind that kind of thinking. I think. You know, and yeah. just and, and just keeping up with what was happening around them, the the landscape of of music, and that would play very much into their music, in their, and especially those later albums too. I think. Yeah, and so, yeah. and and not only were they, I, and I think this is inherent in prog rock, mm-hmm. is there's usually an element of showmanship. Yeah. Um. And and Dennis DeYoung embraced that as well. He oh, he was. Yeah. <laughs> not only was he the front man, he was the main lyricist, he was the leader of the group, yeah. but he also had those those uh, Broadway-style kind of e- that element to him, yeah, those he sensibilities. Was, he was most definitely a performer. And, know, and he, it would become their undoing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it would, it would, it would lead to their undoing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which we'll get to. Yep. But for now, 
uh, Paradise Theater is in the wheelhouse. So, so what is, how did you, uh, how did you come to Styx? Kilroy was here. Yeah, um, I think, the, I think our story is the same. The same, uh, the concert. We, uh, a mutual friend of ours got tickets to see them. This was my first rock and roll concert. And it wasn't what I expected at all. It was more like watching a Broadway show here. This was this multimedia thing with this with this movie attached to it. And it had like, you know, it was like a sci-fi kind of thing. And I felt like I was watching like, uh, like a, a science fiction movie or something. And, and, and it just so, and it just kind of, the, when the movie ended, it like, went right into the stage presence of what they were doing. They kind of mocked the stage to look exactly like the last shot of the film. And it was amazing. It was really, it was a, for our first real show like this, I never, I, 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 you know, I got a lot out of that and it was, and it was performed in a theater as I recall. Yep. You, do you, do, do you remember the name of the theater that we went I, to? I absolutely do. Okay. Um. So yeah, it was my second rock and roll concert. Okay. So I had seen, I had seen Fleetwood Mac the year before in 82. Uh, I think I was the extra guy on this ticket. I think there was, I, yeah. I don't think I was originally <laughs> slated to go. I, that's, that's the story of my life with a lot of concerts is I was the extra yeah, the, but, you know, when, when yeah. whoever whoever the real friend was dropped out, they would call me, and I was like, you know, I would slide in like yeah. the stunt double. So I went to this concert as well, not uh, not acquainted with sticks in the way I thought that I was, and no. and yeah, we saw it at this at, at a venue called <clears throat> the City Center. Okay, okay, and as and this was in uh, March, late March, early April of eighty three. Mm-hmm. Before Styx went out on their giant tour, when we saw them at the city center, like Eric said, it was it was almost like watching a, a theatrical show because yeah. they played this 10-minute movie beforehand, which set up – we're talking about Kilroy was here. Now, we're not talking about Paradise Theater, just to be mm-hmm. clear. Kilroy was here was even more of a concept album. So they, yep. they had this whole theatrical f- film that they played with actors and sets. I mean, it, there, was, there was effects in it. I mean, Special there was some decent coins yeah. coin spent on this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Post, a post-apocalyptic future type thing. Music is outlawed, yada, yada, yada. But yeah, they, they were playing char- these guys were playing characters. They weren't playing Dennis DeYoung. They were playing different people. And yeah, then the stage show would take over and there was actually points in, in the show where there'd be dialogue, where there'd be some acting. And it was kind of surrounded how they got how they did the concert was like this was like kind of re- re- recollection of the last time the main character played a concert before everything got outlawed. Yeah, which so was we were kind of, he was kind of like they, Dennis DeYoung was sitting and recalling what happened the night that this went down, and then they'd go into the Sticks concert, and that and it, it was them performing yeah, and performing their a lot of their old material, and you know, so yep. it was it was fantastic. I just yeah, remember, it, was, it was incredible. Yeah, the, the thing is, they took it to the bigger stadiums, and it didn't play well. Like in a bigger stadium, it needed no. to be seen in that. Like when we saw it in this very intimate small theater, small small venue, they played four nights. Mm-hmm. So they were still packing, you know, they even, they, they took a chance by doing these small theater, these small venues, but they did four nights in a row of it. And that's well. the thing. It's like, there's, a, there's, a, there obviously is a connection there because the, the theater that they meet up with, just, there's two characters that meet up and they, the, you know, Tommy Shaw's character is like, he's kind of like a rebel fighting for the cause to bring rock and roll back and Kilroy, you know, Dennis DeYoung is Kilroy. He is this you know, guy that's been in hiding all this, like the underground and all this stuff. And so they meet actually at the paradise theater, yeah. which is 
callback you know, to this callback to this <laughs> album which is he worked know, it so in. Th- there's those connections yeah 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 so yeah. yeah and and it was the same thing i i left i remember i remember vividly the show and i remember not realizing how much music i knew by sticks like it was kind of like yeah come sail away and and maybe yeah. one or two but then i was hearing songs that i was not aware of that that they had done maybe like blue collar man i wasn't overly aware that that was sticks or, mm-hmm. or hadn't connected it and I left a, a huge fan, yeah. a huge fan. Autom- uh, immediately went back, yeah, they into t- the catalog. That's that's and, right, and, and started grabbing grabbing everything. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I did I right. The very next day, I think I bought maybe two on two, yeah. or two of their albums on cassette. It was like Paradise Theater, yeah. Cornerstone, Equinox, yeah. Pieces of Eight, right? Uh, Crystal Ball. It was just get get it. Give give me everything. Yeah, because it was just they they were just so great. Mm-hmm. And that's the the thing about sticks is very underrated. You know, nowadays it's about the fighting and the infighting and the and the crosstalk or the lack of crosstalk. Uh, but Paradise Theater, you know, we're gonna we're gonna get into it now. But this was sticks was just really a special band and and ha- don't really get their due. And that's prop that's part of my problem with mm-hmm. uh, the whole thing is it's it's easy to drag sticks. They say they use words like corporate rock. Whatever that means, I still don't know what that means. But they used to throw that word around, corporate rock. I, I never saw a, a Pepsi logo on any on, on the stage. Mm. Never saw a Nike logo on any of their shirts. So I don't know what what corporate rock means. But they they were there since since before all that. Like I said, like we said, since 1972, they were a, a prog rock band. So they paid their dues. So it wasn't like this something came easy or it's gimmicky. I mean, they they really was, worked at the craft and evolved. And it was, and, it was and a conscious decision. To, to, to go in that direction. It wasn't like they were forced to do it. I felt, you know, like a, a lot of the decisions that were made, which Dennis DeYoung would get sort of hammered over the head for by doing a song like Babe and, you know, oh, that's selling out. Immediately people say that's selling out, but I don't see it that way. It's, 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 it's a different thing. It's a, you know, different state of mind. You're, you are changing with the times. And he was very, very aware of that, as we said, you know, yeah, um, but they still didn't. I mean, they, that's the thing is, and and that's where the stories come from. With now, Sticks is in in two factions. Basically, Dennis DeYoung was ousted from the band yeah. <laughs> that he founded, which is kind of strange. Yeah, I, uh, I don't, and, I don't and, get it. Yeah, and Tommy Shaw, James Young are, are basically leading the leading the band, and and they the story they always tell is well, when Babe came out, it was too soft for us. Ba ba ba. I'm sure they cashed the checks. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that the house, you know, they bought the houses with it. And that doesn't mean that I'm, if you listen to the album Cornerstone, Tommy Shaw has some light songs on there, too. It's not like everything was like hard rock and Dennis well, DeYoung was got some was light songs on that. this album. Too. Yeah, yeah, too exactly. Much time, so, too much time on my hands is not a hard well, I, rocking song, in my opinion. I'm sorry. No, it's just, I, I think there's there's one yeah. clunker on this album. Yeah. And, it, and it's a Tommy Shaw song, honestly, because mm-hmm. it is a, a little... And there's nothing wrong with that, though. There's nothing wrong with ballads and sticks on this album. If you really listen to this album, they're actually rocking pretty hard. Yeah. When you give it, when you give it a listen, there's a lot of guitar work on this album for even for the what you call my you might call the syrupy stuff. And there's not a whole lot of it on this album as well. It's very deceptive. This album, it after, is after it, giving it, it another listen. You might say that 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 prog element is still there, and because only in the way the songs are structured. Okay, this isn't a, like a free flowing kind of rock and roll album. It is very structured. It is very, it is kind of, you know, there are certain songs that are telling a story. 
so yeah, those little, those distinct guitar parts, they come in at just the right time. It, everything is, 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 is built. You know, the songs are, are built that way so that, you know, there's ch- a lot of changes in, you know, in, in, in the structure of the song. So yeah. So people might say, oh, you know, if you're, if you're listening to a, a softer song, it starts out that way, but then it get you know, it gets by the middle of it. It's, it's, it's kind of like rocking out at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, and, and it's, best it's of times, best of times yeah. is probably, probably the highest yeah. example of that Yeah, is everyone knows that as like the prom song or the graduation song and it's, <laughs> it's kind of sappy and syrupy. Right. And it's yeah. a great song. It's got some great, Oh, it's you the know, best it, song. it might be corny lyrics, but by the time you get to the middle part, you know, there's, there's some, some right. nice guitar work in there. I, in my opinion, it is the best song off the album and it's my favorite song off the album, especially mm. now. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure. I, I always love it and revere it. I, I kind of fell in love with another song and, and we used to make fun of it. So, Oh, okay. Um, I know where yeah, this is. <laughs> you know, when I listen to it, I listen to this album. I'm like, I listened to that song like two or three times. I'm like, you know what? This, this song actually might be one of the, it might be the strongest song on here on there as far as a sticks album goes too. Okay. There's two, but, but let's get started. So it, it okay. you know, the, the, the notion of the paradise theater, again, it's, it, par- the concept of paradise is mentioned a couple of, in a couple of different lyrics, mainly, mainly in Dennis DeYoung's lyric writing. He's really the thread. He was really the the guy with the idea for this. And it, and the album starts off just with this a very, a, a melodical theme actually goes through the album as well. And if you're, if you're familiar with the song, best of times, mm-hmm. that melodic theme starts the album off. It closes the album and it, it, it also kind of drifts through the second to last song as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole tonight's tonight will make history. And then there's different various variations on the lyric after that, but it pretty much always starts off with tonight's the night will make history. Yeah. If he's talking about the beginning of the album, it's more about the, you know, getting the paradise theater lit up and getting people in. Um, mm-hmm. But then when he talks about it in best of times, it's more from a romantic aspect and, yeah. and uh, you know, aspect and side and point of view. And then at the very end, when that melodic line is revisited, it's like everything is done and and kind of closing up, and 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 ending the album. Mm-hmm. It, there's a kind of melancholy to it, you know. So it's a, it's like an overarching, you know, arc to the story about this theater that is at one time just a place where everybody went, and then it just sadly. Deteriorated, up, deteriorated and over time and this and the thing other times things changed the, yeah exactly that's the thing and it got left kind of left left behind and that's that's the i would say that would parallel prob- of the 70s to the 80s right that i think that would probably be the main probably the main theme running throughout this thing is time yeah there's a lot of time references on this album yeah so yeah yep yeah time and, and paradise and notions of paradise mm-hmm. um so yeah so it, it starts off with with again like you got to listen to the two together. So there's a song, it's called AD 1928. And it's kind of like a little intro. The thing about this album too is, is Styx gives you a lot of, lot for your money. There's only one song that's less than four minutes long. So each one of these songs has got a lot in it. It's mm-hmm. not like these are like three minute, two minute little pop songs. They're, they're not really pop song length on here. Because um, there's a lot of stuff that these songs, a lot of ideas that these songs prevent. If you put Rock in the Paradise and, and its intro together, then it makes it a four-minute song. So I'm going to count Rock in the Paradise as not a three-minute song. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I yeah, mean, they, the mo- it starts off with that song and it gets you ready. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah, Rock yeah. in the Paradise is just classic sticks. Right. And it leads you're you're right not going to get anything anything like 
it's one of the best starts to an album because he starts off just with the piano, Dennis e. Young, and he's singing, like you said, that melancholy line. Mm-hmm. We want to turn on these theater lights and, and here at the paradise. And then the, then it transitions into rock in the paradise and the song and, and the, the hard rock just really takes over the guitar assault. Yeah. Dennis is real. His theatrical vocals really come, you know, in, in on this song and really kind of playing it up. And, and the band is just with him on it. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is that kind of show, you know, when you think, I mean, this, this stuff is geared, it's tailor-made for a live, live performance. It's almost as if they're, you know, they're, that, that's the intent was, is to make this album so that they can get out there and play it live. You know, like it's just, it's sort of a template for. Yeah. It's a fun album. Yeah. It's, it's a fun, you know, the second side gets a little serious, but yeah, uh, it's just an easy listen. I I really enjoyed listening to it because like I said, I'm going to put sticks up, up there with their harmonies. I mean, that's one of the things about sticks. Yeah. Is is the harmony the 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 vocal blend that Dennis D. Young, Tommy Shaw, and James Young achieved? Um because I, I think they all have different like James Young has kind of a lower voice, mm-hmm. Tommy Shaw is like right in the middle, mm-hmm. and Dennis D. Young can soar it and but would, yeah, th- their vocal yeah. blend is bar none is is up there. I'll put it with anybody. I would say, but without Dennis D. Young, this band would not be sticks i mean it, no. it, to, to me dennis de young is is the voice of sticks. yeah you need I mean, all yeah. three of them there and and that that blend is only achieved with with those three in their parts in their zone and and when you put it together you know it's just it's yeah. just amazing I, absolutely so yeah so rock in the paradise then you've got the really the the big radio hit too much time on my hands from tommy show classic rock radio staple you know yeah. every, everybody knows this song this was like the the pretty much the big hit. Uh, it was, it's, it's up tempo. It's been recently parodied by Jimmy Fallon and Paul Rudd. They did the, <laughs> they, they were, you know, doing those remakes of, of corny that, music that, videos from yeah, the eighties right. and nineties. Yep. Yep. Uh, and they set their sights on firmly on this one because of, <laughs> if you watch the music video, Tommy Shaw's wearing like this green, like jumpsuit. Yeah. And then Dennis DeYoung at the time was was really in full on into the whole Paradise Theater thing. So he was dressing with like the bow tie and like the the vest and the striped striped shirt. And he had yeah. the, the little thing around his arm. I mean, he, so he was in like the full garb. When you put that into a music video. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's made for 30, 30 or 40 years later. It's made for parody. Taylor made for parody. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, I, and, you know, unfortunately, I think I. I'm not surprised because, you know, oh, yeah, I, no. I don't, it's not to me. Uh, it's, I, you know, I thought I used to really like this song, but it's not, it, I, I, the age for you. I doesn't age for me, this song. I don't know why. I don't know what it is about it. Uh, perhaps it's my, uh, I, th- I don't think Tommy Shaw to personally, I, I just don't think he's all that to yeah. be honest with you. I just don't think, you know, him, him, him coming later. And I know we'll comment on this later. I don't want to get too far into it now, but it's just like, I think that I'm just going to say it. I think, you know, for him to come in so late in the game, a few albums down the road, you know, he might've added something to the band, but I don't think that he became the band, which in his mind, I think he did in a certain sense. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later, you know, but yeah, I mean, he did deliver. I mean, he did deliver, you know, like I said, he had blue collar man, he had renegade. I mean, he had a lot of, a lot of really great songs. So he he did add something. Yeah. He's, he was not my favorite either, but I I certainly respect and, and, and can appreciate what he brought in 
the good thing is that Dennis DeYoung always got the lion's share of the songs as well. So it's mm-hmm. kind of, I got what I needed from Tommy Shaw and it wasn't, it wasn't too yeah. much. Yeah. It's small doses. I, I, I really enjoy Tommy Shaw, but yeah, I, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> a, a whole lot like his solo. I bought his solo album and I think I just listened to like that first song. Girls I did Guns, too. And, and that was it. I did I was too. Like, okay. I got enough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think we had at that point we were getting everything right. We yeah. had, even had James, James Young's, uh, James Young's solo album collaboration with Jan Hammer of all people yeah. from Miami Vice. And, yeah, yeah. So they were all putting their stuff out. And, yeah. and you know what? That, that could have mm-hmm. been the, the solution. I, you know, we'll, we'll get into the animosity later. Okay. Um, yeah. of what what could have kept sticks together perhaps but um after that another another great dennis vocal with nothing ever goes as planned yeah i like this again one. anchored by yeah. those harmonies that that's the thing mm-hmm. is they put those harmonies in every almost every song so it became unmistakably sticks yeah like mm-hmm. that is that was part of the secret sauce is you rare you rarely had a song that didn't have it because they were so damn good at it mm-hmm. they really were yeah, the song kind of builds a little bit. It's like this light, and there's these, the, like I said before, like those little meticulous guitar parts that are very, very structured. They kind of accent the song in the beginning, like you know, and then by yeah. the by the middle of it, there, you know, it it comes in full with the harmonies, and there's that great chorus there. Nothing ever goes as planned. And, yeah, yeah, they got some horns a, in there. It's a really I mean, they're great, just they're just track. using yeah. using Dennis DeYoung at the height of his powers. Yeah, kind of just understanding and, and kind of giving everything to it. So you've got songs with the horns on it, but then it's got guitar solos and yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> just great, stuff. great stuff. I, I really, um, and then after that, you know, closing outside one is, is the best of times, which again, is that hand holding lighter in the air, put your arm around your, your significant other song and, and move back and forth as it is played. Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna reveal something here. Um, I haven't listened to this album literally in 35 years. That is no joke. That is on, on I know because thing. I used to ask you, and you're like, I don't listen to Sticks anymore. That's right. That's right. <laughs> like what? No, this album in particular, 35 years. The last time I listened to Sticks, uh, an album by Sticks, was 26 years ago, which was the day I left to move to Florida. Well, that's good to and, know that you're keeping track. So that means you care. I do care. And that's just, <laughs> this is my point. This is the point I'm trying to make okay. is that I might've thought that sticks was just a passing thing. It's, it's a band that I don't, you know, readily sit down and listen to on my own, but they do bring back a lot of memories. And I think the music reflects that the music is definitely, it, that's what the, their music is about memories. It's building memories. It's, it's, it's looking back at things. It's, you know, especially this album. So mm-hmm. when I listened to it today for the first time in 35 years, yeah, this song really brought, it, it actually brought tears to my, and a chill, especially in the line where he says, you know, people say this, these are the worst of times. I do believe it's true when people lock their doors and hide inside. Mm-hmm. Rumor has it, this is the end of paradise. What is a God? What is that speaking to right now, right here and now in the time, in these times? Yeah. So yeah. It, it, well, it, it's funny it, you mentioned that because last know, year, um, he, he recorded, he did like a, 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 at his home during the lockdown, he, he mm-hmm. made a video of him singing that this song yeah, and it got like a million views in one week because of the timeliness yeah. or, or how you can interpret those lyrics. It was meant to be interpreted in a different way, but right. you know, when we're talking about a lockdown and, and, and yeah, when people lock their doors and hide inside, you can't it, it has a different that. meaning. It takes you, on a totally different color. Absolutely. You just, you can't, you can't 
overlook that. You can't, you know, you can't think of anything else right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I actually got a chill when I heard, when I listened to that, just the way that, that, you know, the way the chord changes in that, in that yeah. verse. And it's just his voice by and himself. And it's just so mel- and it just, oh my yeah. God, it Mi- just minim- got me. Minimal, minimal accompaniment, accompaniment, accompaniment right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just letting his voice. And that's the thing about, about Dennis DeYoung. Oh, God, the de- his, the day his I, voice. The- the day I left for Florida, I listened to "Come Sail Away." That was the song. I, you know, starting I, I, new- as you drove away, I listened to "Bye Bye So Long and Farewell." <laughs> well, thank you very much for that. I appreciate that. <laughs> I thought I was getting all getting all sentimental here, but I guess not. You know, I listened to "Happy Trails, Trails" by Van Halen, but it was uh, uh, you know starting a new chapter, and yep. uh, and and here we here we are having that. Well, I wouldn't obviously not the same kind of emotion, but a different kind of emotion, yeah. but it hit, but it hitting me heavy with, yeah, with in a different times. way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was so yeah. strange that this song became timely and not for a really, not for a good reason, put it that way, but it mm-hmm. hit just so you have to listen if, if for nothing, if for curiosity's sake, and you don't want to listen to anything else by sticks, mm-hmm. listen to best of times and think about 2020. We'll, we'll we'll just we'll leave that there people, people <laughs> right? associated kind of like, with yeah people associated with like their wedding or or like yeah, it's like a, proms like, graduation you know, we, yeah. we're gonna remember how it was and but uh and and it took on a different tenor yeah in 2020 and the whole and and, and even the song itself like you, you don't think of it as a oh you might have thought of it as a corny ballad or whatever but not not anymore not anymore especially with those like I said, those chord changes and, and yeah. the way it, the way he delivers the vocal in it, and just yeah, it, it, come on. <laughs> as as he, only you know, Dennis, as only Dennis, could. as only Dennis could exactly yeah. because he 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 has that instinct, that yeah. great instinct, and he's got the he's got and he's got the chops too. That's the thing. Yeah, he's yep. got the he's got the pipes, and and this is probably a good point, a good place to kind of insert that is as a vocalist, I'll put him. You know, we shouldn't do a top five because it's already you're pretty much already going to know who our top five vocalists are if we ever do the show. But <laughs> I, I'd I'd put Dennis DeYoung in the top five easily. Yeah, I could see easily, that. Maybe yeah. right behind. Honestly, maybe right behind Freddie Mercury. Okay. I mean, he's got That's that fair. power. He's got that range, and he's got that that vocal velocity too. Yeah. You know, that- think about when we saw him do "Sweet Madam Blue" and how long he held that note for. That's right. That's right. I saw him. I saw him. Uh, in 2019 mm-hmm. at what, 72 or 73. And he did it again. And what, wow. and once he finished the note, he stopped the song. He said, if I knew I would going to have to be doing this 40 years later, I would have never wrote that <laughs> note to be that long. Cause he still does it yeah. <laughs> and he's funny, but, but he still, I mean, he still has the vocal chops too. So that's yeah. one of the great things about him too, is his voice, yeah. uh, isn't wrecked. He he can he had it then, and he's and he's got it now as well. That's 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 fantastic. Yeah, After all this time. I mean, I think we 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 kind of touched upon it in in a, in a in one other episode, and I don't remember which one it was, but we talked about the idea of knowing a song before you knew it, mm-hmm. right? Right? You've heard it, felt that you, you heard it before. You yeah. don't know, where, and that sticks with me. A lot of their yeah. stuff, "Angry Young Man." I think that was the, that was one of the sure. You know, that might have been one of the songs that I that I just instinctively knew. Like yeah, you mentioned, Mad- when Mademoiselle. We saw, when we saw the concert, like a lot yeah. of the stuff was just absolutely familiar. Yeah, and it's like I don't listen to sticks. How do I know this? 
Yeah. And it's not like we, you know, we were that in tune with the radio in terms, at least for me, every day, religiously listening to FM radio. So, you know, a lot of these songs might have been played. No idea where I heard a lot of this stuff. But and it was always a Dennis DeYoung vocal. It was always that distinctive vocal that that really that you that you you just know. And it just sort of came out of nowhere. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just so, yeah, like he has that. He's got that soar. He's got that soaring vocal. Exactly. I don't know what. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And it never like you say, it never really changed over the years. It it never really got gravelly or, you know, whatever. It never, you know, he kept that. Yeah, he never had to like 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 tune down or anything for the most part. No, like Uh, most people do. Yeah, you know, yeah, Yeah, he just still can just kind of and belt it out. Yeah, and it's and it seems so effortless even even at this age. So we get to side two, and you get a song called "Lonely People," Mm -hmm. which has really kind of come to the forefront uh, on for in my past few listenings. I'm like, wow, this is a really strong song as well. It's big, it's brassy. Uh, it's got some serious bass in it, in it from you know from Chuck Panazzo and the drumming again. John Panazzo is just all over the place on this album. He was just so good and so no one knew anything about about John Panazzo. Yeah, and yeah. when we saw him, I was like, this guy is he's got a, a strange style of a strange way of drumming, almost like he's afraid like he's afraid like they, that he's like like pulling away from the drums. Like his <laughs> that's, style is that's very right. strange. Yeah. <laughs> Not. But, but he gets a bombastic sound out of his drums as he, well, though. He had some uh, of the best fills I've ever yeah, heard in and rock, just so, rock music. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, top to bottom, Styx was was a bunch of pros. No no weak link. That's the thing no. is, is the Panazzo brothers were, were in there laying the rhythm down. And if you listen, there's a lot of nice bass on this album. And you can really listen to Chuck Panazzo. Just kind of lay it down, understated getting it done and, and anchoring these songs. So, so Dennis can soar or, or Tommy Shaw can lay down some, some really nice guitar work as well as James Young. And maybe, maybe that's the reason why when they changed, when they, when they did do things like babe, why people were so hard on them because they were such great musicians. who so were expecting more out of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like in that Prague era, there was a lot, like I said before, like a lot of noodling, a lot of that kind of long winded, you know, kind of stuff. But like I said, you know, you end up cutting your teeth on that kind of stuff and getting good. And then there's something to be said of being able to restrain that and, and, yeah. to, and to pull it back and, and just play it when it needs to be played. That's, that's, that, that's a great musician. And these yeah. guys, you know, these guys, and that's what they, they learned have. how to do is, is they kind of came out of that, that prog cocoon and, and like entered with crystal ball and grand illusion and kept on refining it and, and still having some of those prog, elements especially pieces of eight i mean that's you know if you listen to that it's still got a lot in there um and then they come out with cornerstone which was the kind of the pivot mm-hmm. towards towards more of the pop oriented stuff again i got no problem with it sticks is infinitely listenable if they're doing whatever they're doing i, I don't really have a problem with with any of their their eras they want to go light go light you want to go heavy I'm, I'm ready for that too yeah and that was the great thing about sticks is that There's you range. get all that on an album you get such such there's diverse a, things, you know, and they exactly. just couldn't, there's a, there's a lot of range to their music. Couldn't they, pull they, it know. together. Um, and then here we go. The weakest song is, is, is this song called she cares by Tommy yeah. Shaw. Yeah. It, it, it's just kind of, if, if there's a misfire, it's this song, it's kind of <laughs> limp. It's just kind of there. It, the, the lyrics are kind of weird. <laughs> it's just for kind of, yeah. kind of strange. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, it's an okay song. It's, it's an uptempo pop song, but, with everything else that's going on in this album, it, it kind of gets lost. 
maybe on a on a on a weaker album it would it would probably be a stronger song mm-hmm. um but on this album when when you already had too much time on my hands by him which was a much a much stronger song a lot more to it a lot more harder edge and then you have the song she cares which is a love song you know and there's nothing wrong with that but he's you know blasting blasting dennis for for writing babe yeah yeah go figure <laughs> yeah go figure um and then a concert staple written by Dennis DeYoung and James Young. Yeah. Uh, and oddly enough, Dennis DeYoung does not sing on this song, even though he co-wrote it, which is Snowblind. Mm-hmm. Uh, about, it, and if, if, if you think it's about co- cocaine, it's about cocaine. It is about the highs and lows, and, and the song actually is structured that way. We get to finally hear from James Young. Uh, and James Young is like the George Harrison of sticks. <laughs> yeah. Like relegated yeah. to maybe one song, song and a half per album, He's he's an acquired taste, but he was an acquired taste that I latched onto. I love. Oh, it, he's got a he's got a low kind of like almost like baritone voice. Yeah. I don't know what you'd call it. It's in the lower yeah. register. It's very like you know, yeah. And um, it, it was used to great effect. You know, let's, yeah, let's it's, put it's it there. It's an acquired taste, but I really I I enjoy it. So, oh, but his guitar playing on the other hand is yes. his presence is felt throughout. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and when you not, have two guitarists, yeah. it's it's kind of it might be easy to kind of get lost but they are there are they are very defined soloists i think tommy mm-hmm. shaw's solos are a little bit more well thought out they're a little bit cleaner mm-hmm. james young's solos tend to be a little rougher mm-hmm. a little more a little more unhinged which which and that's the great thing in sticks there's room for both so when you need it well he clearly is the you go I to it in, the, the, in terms of like just sort of up front rock purity that's james it's him young. it's him yeah yeah he is the rock and roll guy on this on, on this band. Like, you know, just yeah. the appearance of him, the longer hair, yeah. the beard. And, and, you, you know, and he just, never you know. writes any ballads. I mean, no. when he's relegated to his song or two per album, it's going to be a mm-hmm. rock and roll song like Miss America and and that kind of stuff. Like from from Equinox and, and yeah. all that. You know, like he just kind of lays in there and he he goes for it. And, and mm-hmm. that's fine. And, and that's the great thing is you kind of. Once you get to know Sticks, you kind of get to know what to expect. So when you know there's a James Young song coming, you know you're in for rock because he doesn't do anything but that. Yeah. So there's that part of Sticks that's being fulfilled. You know, and then you've right. got Tommy Shaw is kind of in the middle. And, and then Dennis DeYoung can go, you know, he can do either one. He can rock hard or he can, you know, his there, voice is tailor-made for ballads, though. I mean, you know, let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, he is the lighter, he's the lighter touch, but he's the anchor. He is the, you know, he's the, the driving force. He's... Like I said before, it wouldn't be the band without that vocal. It wouldn't, and he is the presence that's that's yeah. so sorely needed uh, to counter counterpoint. You know this 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 harder rock and stuff kind of you know kind of thing. That's that that that's balance to me. That's that's I would prefer that in a band. Yeah, then yeah, absolutely. There's abs- an absolute tightness to this to this group. To say that this band had so many problems, I, you would never know it. Yeah, you, there was, was so never, many, never so many weapons, and, and, so yeah. many weapons in this band. That's that was the great thing. Yeah. And with Snowblind, you get James Young singing in the beginning, and then you get Tommy Shaw taking it over. So it's a really nice contrast. Yeah, uh, I remember when we saw the concert. When I heard this song, I'm like, I, I that this was that moment for me. I was like, I know I heard this song somewhere before, mm-hmm. and I don't know where I could have heard Snowblind, but I, I remember like, wow, that really sounds familiar. Every song though at the concert, I was just like, it was like one after the other. It was kind of like gobsmacked. I was like. Like what's going on here? How did I? How do I not have a Sticks album? You better believe the next day I had like six Sticks yeah. albums. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Snowblind became a concert favorite, a concert staple. 
Um, yeah, it, it's about cocaine use. So that's not kind of wimpy and that's not certainly not lighthearted. You know, sticks could, could kind of get down and dirty with the subject matter and co-written by Dennis DeYoung. So again, he's not the, uh, you know, I, I know I'm, well, I sound like an apologist for Dennis DeYoung. I'm sorry, well, but I'm no, going to advocate no, for him. No, I, I, let's point this out. Let's make this clear. I mean, you've, if you've ever heard him give an interview, if you ever heard him like rights, like when, when people are interviewing, like I just read an interview with him about his set, uh, this, his latest album. And the man talks like a truck driver. Every other yeah. word is F this F that he curses. Like, you know, he's oh, yeah. profanity. He's like a tough guy. Like he's like, yeah, yeah. You know, like he talks like very much like, I kind of reminds me of like Billy Joel in that sense where he, you know, comes, <laughs> comes across as a real New Yorker. Right. Like, yeah. he's just, you know, but he's from Chicago, case, he's, he's in Chicago <laughs> but he's like this tough, like, the mean but, to hear, but to hear the music, it's a totally, you know, you think of him some, like some kind of like maybe uh, some people might think he's kind of a kind of a pansy or, or yeah. something to that effect. You know, like not at all. No, but not at all. I mean, he's, you know, songwriter. Yeah, absolutely. Performer. So that brings us to <laughs> a song called Half Penny, Two Penny, <laughs> which is written by written by James Young. And it's kind yeah. of, you know, on the surface, it seems like a very strange song. Yeah. Again, especially if you're not used to James Young's vocals, because he's not, he he would be the like the polar opposite of Dennis D. Young. He's not a sophisticated vocalist. A little more growly, a little more grungier with his vocal stylings. Doesn't you know? Not a, not a big note holder. Um, so you could be like, well, what's up with this song? But when I listen to it, I'm like, wow. First of all, again, there's the harmonies mm-hmm. that that anchor that song because it it comes out throughout. The closest thing to a prog song. It's a pretty long song, and there's instrumental break. There's keyboards. Yeah. There's some sick, serious guitar on the on that song. I kind of listen. I'm like, wow. I don't remember it being that that guitar being that dirty. Yeah. There's and well, in terms of going back to yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. His, you know, the guitar is insane, but his vocal. I think it's 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 a theatricality to it. Again, there's that 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 prowess of of them putting on a show. And, and, yeah. and James Young is definitely like he caters to that too with that like that kind of yeah. like you know thing. yeah and I think it's the vocal like a, gets the gets stronger and it's, and rough as the song goes on I think yeah. his, his 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 vocal gets a little more manic and he's not just uh, screaming like yeah, like rock no. and roll lyrics here he's like you know he's he's a character like yeah what, he's performing you know. it yeah he's performing he's performing so, and, yeah. and it's really good and then the really w- nice thing about the song it's it is epic on you know it's a five minute song but it's pretty epic scale yeah because as it starts to wind down you start to get the 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 kind of the tinklings and of the melody again of that melody from best of times and, and what opens a song and it kind of they do it so brilliantly because the song is kind of fading out and it's kind of winding down mm-hmm. and they're they're just putting these underpinnings of of that those melodic lines that you've been hearing throughout the album into this song as it fades out. And then it, it literally goes into AD 1958. So the beginning is AD 1928 and this would be 30 years later, AD 1958. And then just, and then it becomes just a single piano, Mm -hmm. very kind of uh, melancholy. Like you said, that's probably the best word for it. And then just a, a very simple Dennis vocal, you know, kind of saying, Hey, you know, Time, you know, our time is over. Time is claimed as prize. Uh, but as long as we have the memories of, like you said, the memories of paradise mm-hmm. and, and that kind of sees the album out. And then there's a, a little reprise of some, some kind of uh, barrel house or, you know, uh, piano playing. 
uh, with a little instrumental that ends the album. Sexy Sadie, uh, which was sexy se- uh, se- state state street Sadie state street. Was it? Se- okay. State. Street, okay. State street Sadie, Sadie which was meant to, which <laughs> sexy I, Sadie is, is the Beatles. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <was> John Lennon. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I think Dennis had mentioned that this was actually supposed to be a much longer tune that he was, that he goes upon listening to, uh, paradise again i i, I would have would have put the entire thing on it like this is like it's a much it's supposed to be like a long mm-hmm. little instrumental ditty that was supposed to close the album but it's only like a piece of it but he you know he yeah. would have rather have the have the whole thing if he had his way yeah of course. i think so, it works i think it works yeah. like that it kind of it kind of closes out the album and it you know it, it get like i said this album is just it, it moves pretty quick Mm-hmm. It, it really does. And and that's just because it's, it's so well produced and so well performed. It's really tight. It really is. It really is. And you know, I was, I was going to say that it might not hold up for me, but by, but by, by talking about it, talking it out, I think, you know, I, I'm probably going to, I'm going to uh, walk that back a little bit and say, all right, it was definitely worth you know, mission, revisiting mission, ac- mission accomplished. No, revisiting <laughs> after, especially after all this time, it was yeah. it was really really nice to go back there. When I think of sticks, I think of just our memories, and and you know, we 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 got into this group together, and and you know that yep. kind of thing. So immediately, my thoughts always go back to where I came from, my friends. You know, uh, you know when I you know, and and again, like I said before, I think certain bands have that. Ability. I think Journey is another band that would probably be in the same wheelhouse when it comes yeah. to yeah. It's, childhood it's memories it, and things. Yeah, it's easy you know. to put them in like the nostalgia file. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and that's why, and maybe that's why I advocate so hard for them because I, I, you know, they, it's it's easy to dismiss that, but if you go and you listen to these albums, there's so much there. They're not, they're, they're more than the sum of their singles. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you sit and you listen to Dennis D. Young sing, you'll really hear how strong his voice is and how long he holds notes. Uh, so these were not fly by nighters. It's just that they got this weird reputation of of you know like being anti this anti rock band, mm-hmm. uh, which which is very curious and and just not representative of what rock was. But yeah, you put them in with Journey, Foreigner, mm-hmm. Bob Seger. Steve Miller Band and these and Sticks, these guys were all running around in in the late in the mid to late seventies. Yeah, they were all in that same Boston. kind of thought thought of in the same way. Yeah, yeah. Boston. Yeah, all these groups were occupied kind of like that same area. That's right. I, I those are those groups were all interchangeable, and Sticks is right in there. You can't tell me that "Come Sail Away" isn't one of the greatest rock songs of all time. No, you can't. No, it definitely. You no, know, it's an, that that's a, that's a certified anthem. But that's right. But it's like there, there there comes a time when not to sound like a snob or whatever, but there comes a times when that kind of thing just you kind of you kind of move on and, and you want to pursue other things. And for the longest time, I did not listen to a lot of this this kind of stuff just for whatever reason. It just mm-hmm. it didn't hold my interest in the terms of wanting to hear something more, mm-hmm. more challenging. Let's put it that way, or or perhaps you know you know delving down even older music, which I had never always wanted to do, but never really had because yeah, it's kind of like been do. been there, done that. I, I yeah. get it. Um, yeah, but so but you, sticks, you know. yeah, sticks is like that comfortable jacket, though. 
It is. You know, you can put it, you put it on and then you forget how comfortable it was and, and how great the stitching is and how it's still holding up after all this time when you, when you put it on. And that's what it, what they are mm-hmm. is, is you, you kind of, you, you forget the workmanship that went into it until you pull the jacket out again. That's right. You know, and you, and you you're examine right. it and you put that's it on fair. again. You're like, wow, this was really well made. And that's what sticks was, is they just, I think better than, than a lot of those bands or, or as good as, as foreigner. Mm-hmm. or or journey or any of them i I'd, I'd put dennis d young against steve perry it would be pretty close that that vocal showdown would be pretty close oh yeah that would be yeah it would right? be an interesting thing yeah yeah so. steve perry and dennis d young like so, belting it out that'd be a tough one <laughs> it would so let's uh let's talk about i mean i i haven't heard i haven't kept up with sticks after kilroy and maybe that live yeah. album that they put out from Front that tour yep probably the last time I ever listened to sticks. Like I, I don't, I had, I didn't pay attention to what they were doing for the last yeah. 20 years. I haven't heard a stitch <laughs> of their new music at all. Yeah. So I yeah, don't know what's well, well, here's what happened, right? Is, is they put out paradise theater, which went to number one, three weeks. So it was their biggest album by far. Mm-hmm. What happens after that is they Dennis DeYoung, and this is the misstep, which he was never forgiven for is he decides to take that concept one step further. Cause he was definitely going in this direction of of more theatrical he was starting to have some some of that broadway ambition which would reveal itself later on uh and and yeah kilroy was here what we saw was full-on theatrical yeah full-on like concept album playing characters and for for tommy Shaw and james young that just want to play rock and roll and there's nothing wrong with that this did not fit with them mm-hmm a problem and sure it was a it was a misstep it sold a ton it went to number three on the charts but it was just kind of like almost unforgivable at the time they were like oh you know this was this was it this was like the 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 straw that broke the camel's back could they have gone i think they could have gotten through this if they had just because they had broken up and then they started doing solo albums and they did reconvene but after that it was like a rotating roster dennis DeYoung would be in he mm-hmm. would be out. Tommy Shaw would be in. Tommy Shaw would join Damn Yankees. I actually met Tommy Shaw. Oh, did you? Yeah, I delivered okay. a pizza to him. That's right. When that's I used right. to deliver, when I used to deliver pizza. Uh, that's right. I do remember that story. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It was. Uh, I had a delivery to like the Days Inn or, or whatever the local <laughs> motel was. The Days. And I go up to I go up to the room, wow. knock on the door, and Tommy Shaw opens the door. And this was af- this was what, after I was well into Sticks, but but after Sticks had broken up, so he was with Damn Yankees. Okay. So Tommy Shaw opens the door and I'm holding the pizza. I'm like, oh my God, you're Tommy Shaw. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, you know, the the best I could muster <laughs> was I really loved you in sticks. <laughs> oh, ouch. Because <laughs> I was not a fan of damn Yankees. I didn't like that kind of stuff. I'm not a fan of Ted Nugent. It just didn't, it was just didn't do yeah. anything for me. Yeah. But he he gave me a good tip. He signed a piece of paper. He gave me a Tommy Shaw guitar pick, and I was and I was on my way. So oh. I did get to meet Tommy Shaw. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so so they they kind of went through different circles and cycles. They did have a minor hit with "Show Me the" that song "Show Me the Way" in the '90s when the Gulf War was going on. That became something that the you know fighter pilots were listening to or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they broke up again in like i don't know 2000 whatever early 2000s is when they really kicked dennis to the curb so this, this is what i don't understand then this is what gets me it's like here's a here's a guy that 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 uh, this band is essentially his he created it he put it together him and james young okay 
Panazzo brothers. Okay, one of them, one of them is gone, or are they both gone now? John and Chuck. Uh, Chuck plays every so often. Okay, so Chuck is still still yeah. around. Okay. So oh yeah, yeah. And he, play, he doesn't play every show, but he play when he's when he's healthy because okay. he's he's HIV positive, so he doesn't always play. Okay. But when he's able to, he's he's there at, at the shows as well. Okay, so Tommy Shaw is kind of like the. No, what the spokesman now for sticks? Yeah, he's like, like the de facto leader. Him, I mean, okay. him and James Young. How how is it that they 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 can they that anybody can get kicked out of a band that you founded? Where where when does that happen? How much freedom do you give, or how much like when somebody comes in a little bit later? How much like I, you know you treat him like an equal? Yeah, is that necessarily a good thing? You know, you start to well, think I guess about so. That. I, I guess if if you're you talking know? democratically and, and you're talking about votes and equal yeah. shares. And if you get voted out, when you're talking about a corporation and things in a, in a corporate, and this is maybe where the corporate rock came in, huh, mm-hmm. is you know, <laughs> what, when you're talking about those types of legal things, and and people siding with each other and saying, well, we're not going to continue if you're still here, kind of like what happened with Lindsey Buckingham, right? He recently got chucked from Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, Stevie Nicks is like, you don't get rid of him. I'm not. I'm not going out with, on tour. So sometimes your your hand gets forced, but there was a lot. There's a lot, of, unfortunately, a lot of animosity, a lot of animosity on on the James Young and Tommy Shaw side. Now, d- does Dennis Young have an ego? Probably. Is he probably difficult to get along with? He probably was, mm-hmm. but who isn't in in rock and roll that we haven't heard about? You That's know, right. It's about managing those egos. But the problem is that Tommy Shaw and James Young have kind of made it so unequivocally clear that they will never work with him again, that they almost can't walk that back. <laughs> like if the, cause Dennis, the young is like, let's give, let's give everybody one last tour. Like yeah. for the fans, not for anything else. Let's do, just get me, let's get together for yeah. one last tour and then do what you want. But yeah, they have gone in so hard against him. Like we will never work with him. And we would never share the stage with that. Like for them to now do that, they would probably get such backlash. I think the only way you'll ever see sticks together again, cross my fingers, is if they get inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Hmm. Maybe you would see them come together for that. And and that's a long shot because for some reason, Sticks is not ever on any of the ballots. Yeah. Yet their peers like Foreigner Journey, Fleetwood Mac, again, all those other ones mm-hmm. are, are getting in. Steve Miller, all those guys are getting in, but Sticks is kind of left out in, in the cold for some unknown reason. And, and like yeah. I said, four, you know, four consecutive triple platinum albums, Eight top ten hits. I mean, come on. What what is what do they need to do? Shine shine the shoes of, of everybody in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. You know, so so there's a you know a lot of the animosity is just it's just not a good look. So sticks tours. They have a replacement uh, keyboardist who's been in the band at probably at this point longer than than Dennis DeYoung, Lawrence Gowan, uh, Canadian artist. He sings kind of like Dennis, um, not not exactly the same, but close enough that that he'll, enough. he'll he he fills in. Uh, I've mm-hmm. never listened to a sticks album after. Uh, after the Dennis DeYoung era, uh, he went on to have a solo career. He had a couple of good albums, Desert Moon and, and Back yeah. to the World. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he tours and he tours now and he's in, he's in great voice and he's got a band. He's got his own replacement Tommy Shaw guy who looks like him. He's got a replacement <laughs> JY guy that's got the same haircut and sings like the JY songs. And and he puts on it. He puts on like a stick show because he doesn't shy away. Like they do blue collar man. And the, and the Tommy Shaw guy sings it. And they actually did Miss America. When I the last time I saw Dennis DeYoung, they did Miss America. I'm like, what are they doing? Am I the only person that knows this song? Mm-hmm. 
Like I couldn't believe the stuff he, that Dennis DeYoung was digging out and, and playing for their. Well, see, that's the, what I don't crowd. get. It's like you know they want to pretend that they're they're doing something so radically different than what they that they were doing, and yet James Young was right there from the beginning doing this prog thing, doing this sort of theatrical stuff right along rubbing shoulders with Dennis DeYoung, yeah, creating the same kind of music, doing the voice. And you know, this is not. I'm sure this wasn't Dennis DeYoung saying you need to do this, you know, do this kinds of thing because I want you to, this was something that, yeah. you know, stuff. That and there's room wrote. enough in a band. Yeah. And so there's room you, enough in a band to do How do you justify it? saying, Oh, I'm, I'm Mr. Rock and roll. I don't want to do this. Like these play kind of things anymore, yeah. but yet they still, in my mind, they still do. Yeah. In, in, no, to, I could, I mean, I could extent. see, I could, I could see like, you know? okay, this, this theatrical stuff is over the top. I could see that, but there still had to have been a way then to, for everybody to get their slice of the pie is no one's yeah no one's saying Tommy Short don't do your rock stuff it doesn't right. mean it can't exist alongside of some they lighter stuff that Dennis does and maybe and he doesn't always do lighter stuff so it's kind of weird right don't they realize that that was the formula though that was yeah. the thing that helped that that's what made Sticks great was this was the diversity was the diversity exactly yeah, yeah it's too uh, bad it, it's one it, of those it, it's know. one of those 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 sad tales like we told with Blondie. Yeah. Of just the the animosity just eats away at the band, and 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 really kind of shreds the the credibility. Unfortunately, then they're known more like Fleetwood Mac and so many other ones. They're known more for the arguing, yeah, and and yeah, the drama become... and the story than they than they become for the music. And we wanted to talk about Paradise Theater to remember the music and remember that this this was a special band before all this stuff. You every article you read nowadays is about fighting and, and who's not talking and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um this show was to remember sticks at the height of their powers. This and was remember why they were so special. Yeah, absolutely. And it's I'm I'm grateful for it because like I said, I, I didn't really come to this thinking uh I was going to be so so positive about it because there yeah, are certain okay. things that I that that for me, like I said, to be fair, don't hold up. But on the other hand, it was a very, it was a more innocent time. It was our time. It was, and this band is one of the the shining examples of that, of that soundtrack that was going on at the time. Are, so are, are you going to get yeah. out your Mr. Roboto suit now and wear it again? <laughs> no, no, that's a no. Quite. No. I don't All right. So. Well, maybe one, maybe one day we'll, you'll dust it off. <laughs> Nope. Oh boy. Yeah. So that we, sticks is a high, you know, again, I, 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 I sound definitely like someone advocating heavily for Dennis DeYoung and that's cause I'm so passionate about it. Someone's got to yeah. be a voice for him. Um, I'm actually glad that I'm, it's gratifying to see you're so, you're still such a big fan after all these years, you know, when some of us have moved on some, you know, listen to other things and then you come back to it and you're just like, is no, that my MO? I have no. a hard time moving on. No, I'm not saying that at all, <laughs> but I'm saying is it's, it's a good be- thing. It's a very good thing, you know, because you're, you know, whether you know it or not, folks, Dean is very sentimental. He may not show it, Aww. but I think I think he's a very sentimental guy. I don't know. So you see what you think. I, I, you know, I'd like to hear some feedback on that. But uh, I, I, get, you know. I suppose so. I, you yeah. know, I listen to I enjoy it because it's good music. But, uh, yeah. but again, like the, the beauty of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And, and I've said it a lot on our early shows is like when I, when I re-listened to this, I heard something else. So, and that's the the beauty is you kind of listen to it back then yeah. and, and you listen to it for different reasons. Yeah. And if you revisit it now, you're, you're, and if you put on different ears and say, yeah, I, I know the song. So what, what else can I get from it? And that's why, and that was the beauty of listening to this is I came away with a whole new appreciation for a song that you and I used to joke about and make fun of. 
That's right. All right. And kind of yeah. goof on <laughs> and, and in listening to and, and in giving it a serious listen again, mm-hmm. I was able to kind of find some appreciation and find some different things that hit me in different sure. ways than I did when I was younger. Sure. So, so that's the thing is you kind of listen to it then. And yeah, if you walk away from it after a while and be like, okay, that was that, uh, I would encourage like Eric did, I would encourage li- listeners to, if, if you think you don't listen to something anymore because it's dated or you used to, Try it again with with your new ears and and see yeah. if it maybe it doesn't hold up and maybe like yeah that was a, a mistake or I'm still not into it but give it another shot mm-hmm. and see if it hits you in a different way or or see if, or, or listen if you if you hear different things yeah is that a, is that a fair request of our of yeah. our listeners I think so yeah More and if you've fair. never heard Paradise Theater before give this one a listen if you're going to listen to one Sticks album this is the one it, it's an easy listen it's got some gr- again a lot of great instrumentation you, you're not going to go wrong nope not at all. This is not this is not a snoozer. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. And like I said, it, it was it was it was really nice to revisit it after all this time. Uh so yeah, it does it 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 just for the if anything else, if nothing else, it did bring back a lot of great memories. And uh, you know, maybe and and even some bad ones too, you know, some not so nice memories, but that's all part of it, all part of the journey. That was you so, you squeezing into the Mr. Roboto costume. That, that's right. That wasn't a good memory. That was not the good memory at all. Yeah, that thing just kind of like, I don't know. <laughs> hey, you know, you know what the funny thing is, is when Dennis D. Young go, went out on tour, he had the he would do Mr. Roboto. He had the mask. He had yeah. like the original mask and yeah. he would bring he's it out and hold it up. So he still, did, he still did a little bit of the theatricality because he would, and he actually let like, uh, there was like a kid singing, in the front. There was like a kid the mask. in the mask. Yeah. There was a kid it's in the like front Hamlet. row. And, and he, he handed the mask to like this kid in the front row. Oh, that's and awesome. like let the kid hold yeah. it, and then he took it back. But I was like, "Oh man, if I was in that front row, I'd be running out the back with it." <laughs> yeah, like, there'd be like like three security guys like tackling me. I'd be like, "No, <laughs> get that guy! It's mine!" I just let me but put yeah, it on. he'd be he'd be hold this thing up, and he'd be singing to this thing like like Hamlet holding the yeah, skull. He, he, like, he like, still yeah. does it. It's like he's Shakespearean. Still, still yeah. doing it. Yeah. So if you yeah. if you could check out either, you know what? Do, do the comparison. This is you know what's a good comparison. You know what this is like? The Beach Boys and Brian Wilson. Okay. Right. It's kind of the yeah, same same right. dynamic. Yep. It's, it's two two bands or two factions that are out there simultaneously, kind of presenting the same product. Mm-hmm. Right. Because the Beach Boys are presenting it one way, and then Brian yeah. Wilson, who was not with the Beach Boys, is, is and was the leader, is presenting it also on his own. And you've got the same thing. You got Sticks out there presenting this material, mm-hmm. and then you have Dennis DeYoung out there also on his own presenting the material. So you've got, you've got double the opportunity, I suppose, to check out for yourself and see, uh, either way, they both sound good, you know, sticks live. They said they sound really good. Um, but we're going to, we're going to tie it up here with paradise theater from 1981. This is a highly recommended one sen- sentimental favorite, but also incredible instrumentation, incredible vocals. This is like a complete package album, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's got, it's not lacking in one, you're not trading off musicianship for vocals or vocals no. to hear really great music. This, this actually has all of it. And if you sit down and listen to it with headphones on, you're in for a real treat. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a fun album guys. It's, it's, it's uh, there's enough there. There's enough there to enjoy. You may not, may not every song, like we mentioned, there's a couple of, couple of uh, downers or whatever. They're just, they don't, they don't hold up, but for the most part, it is, let's just say Dennis DeYoung, that's it (laughs) Dennis Dion that's enough said there I mean he he carries this thing Dennis Dion it's 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 for nobody else but Dennis there you go 
his passion that's project. Just, that's so just that, my my opinion. So, yeah, no, that's true. It's, he's always been the heart and soul of the band. So um, that's going to do it for this episode of the 3324 podcast. We appreciate you joining us as we advocated heavily for sticks and hopefully their induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But you can find us on social media at 3324podcast on Twitter and on Facebook. We do live shows also, so check us out there. Those are a lot of fun. That's your chance to interact with us, uh, and we love that. Those are ones that we have a blast with. Um, So that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, For Eric, this has been Dean, and we will see you on the flip side. You've been listening to the 3324 Podcast with Dean Legiro and Eric Cooper. You can find us on your favorite podcast provider. So please like, subscribe, and rate to become a part of the 3324 family. Your feedback is important, so make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at 3324podcast and on Twitter at 3324p to join the conversation. 